0: Welcome to the Honey Drop, your all access pass for the Hamilton Honey Badgers. Today's guest, I haven't spoken with at length before, but if practice is any indication, this guy likes to talk. Of course. His name, Rexdale's finest, is Michael Okafor. Michael, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thanks for doing this. And first thing I want to ask you in terms of talking, you were doing a three-on-three drill just a few minutes ago with the team, and you took a shot kind of like near the half-court line. You made it. You said something that had Coach Donaldson and Coach Schmidt cracking up. Can you tell us what you said?
1: So I made the shot right before the drill, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, they're in trouble. Like. Once I get going, it's over. Once I get talking, it's over. So I just had to let let the vets know, let these guys know that I can I can hoop too, you know. So yeah.
0: Has talking always been a part of your game, even as a kid?
1: Of course, you know, always like playing with like older kids. You know, you got to stand out somehow. You know, you got to have that edge when you're playing. Always talking when you're down or when you're up. Just having that competitive um, edge is always great to have.
0: So you grow up in Rexdale. Can you give us your
1: first? vivid basketball memory as a kid um vivid basket memory was probably just going to the local gym like probably at nighttime like eight to ten and seeing all like the older the older guys um play just like up and down like i can never play i'll just shoot on the sides and just realizing that like in a couple of years i will be there playing with these older guys you know and like that that was just like my basketball mem- uh, memory right there.
0: So you go along, you play for Coach Stunt. Yeah. as an elementary school teacher, I, I was looking him up a little bit, and he, at one point, ten years ago, ten years ago, he won the Urban Hero Award. I, I the the link no longer existed, so I couldn't mm-hmm. find out what that was. But could you tell me why Coach Stunt was the Urban
1: Hero? Um, Coach Stunt is like a, a legend. Like growing up, uh, going to St. Dorothy, uh, he's a gym teacher. He's like everything in St. Dorothy. Like, he really taught a lot of us like not just how to play the game, but like how to be an athlete. That was like one of his big things. Like, okay, you could be a basketball player, but can you can you be a soccer player? Can you be a volleyball player? Being an athlete is what's gonna separate you on the court and everything. Like he taught taught a lot of us like just how to play. So a lot of um, appreciation goes to Mr. Stunt.
0: So from there, you go on to coach Chris Campbell at Motion Basketball. And I spoke with Chris this mm-hmm. morning actually. And before he even talked about you, can you name the first person that he mentioned before even you? about how ha- And he was so happy to talk about you, first of all. He'd obviously never spoken with me. He just picks up the phone. And he's like, I'm like, hi, I'm Andrew with Hamilton. I'm talking about Michael Okafor. He's like, oh, Michael, he's my guy. But <laughs> what? But who do you think the first person he mentioned was before you?
1: First person he mentioned? About basketball?
0: Well, it's about you.
1: Okay. Uh, my mom? Of course. Yeah, yeah. my mom.
0: Yeah. He, He says she was fantastic she was such a rock in your in your life Mm. and she had to sort of let go of you and trust him Mm. uh, to take care of you first of all can you describe the influence that your mom had on your 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 upbringing and and your basketball upbringing specifically
1: um mom is everything you know like uh, she gave me a lot of trust early on to let me uh, do what i gotta do in basketball like coming home late going to other neighborhoods and playing, like, you know, that trust just really uh, built the foundation of, like, what I'm doing now. You know, growing up in, like, Rexdale, like, it's hard. I mean, it's easy to get caught up in the wrong crowds and just get mistaken for the wrong person, so oh, I'm just having that trust that, yeah, he can go play basketball from 6 to 8 and not having that worry was was big, so, yeah.
0: And I talked with uh, Jeremiah Tillman, who grew up in East St. Louis, who also different influences. You could go down the wrong path in certain parts of East St. Louis. And I cover the rappers as well. And Fred Van Vliet talks about Rockford, Rockford, Illinois in the same way. But they also talk about their hometowns with such affection. Mm. They, they look they look upon their, the people of their hometown and they smile. There are things about it that they love it. How much affection, do you, when you hear the word Rexdale, how much affection do you, do you think of sort of comes into your body?
1: Uh, it's, it's great. It's warm. And, uh, you know, Rexdale is like a community. Like Everyone knows each other. You know, you can just... If you need anything, like, if you need, like, some salt or rice, you can just knock your neighbors and ask them big barbecues in summer. It's like a family. Like, everyone grew up with everyone, and during the summer, is like, you see everyone. So it's just, like, all love over there, you know.
0: And talking with Coach Campbell, he mentioned that a big point of emphasis, first of all, was not just basketball. It was academics. It was education. It was manners. Mm. He said on Sundays you'd, wear, you'd have to wear your Sunday best to go to certain games yeah. and in terms of basketball he mentioned that a big point of emphasis was using your head to get an advantage mm. can you think of a tyrant this is around what grade seven eight that you yeah. hook up with uh, motion basketball great eight, grade eight, grade nine, eight. Yeah. can you think of when it's like you know, you're working on your skills and stuff but when you're the mental side of the game we do think of when that started becoming an element of you getting an edge
1: over your opponents um think that 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 started off when I started going to the Rexville Community Center and my uh, coach uh, coach used just like really broke down the game the not just the physical part but everything like from the mental edge what you're doing after takes a toll what you're doing now you know the sleep like every single thing so I'll say like that part of going to the Rexall Hub really um set me up for what I'm doing in my future and right now yeah, you're in
0: a good spot right now. And there's mm. there's one story he had that he looked upon so finely. It was in grade nine, and I was wondering if you remember it. Apparently, it was, there was a weekend where you had a conflict. You had games with Motion. You had a tournament with Motion and a tournament with your school. Mm. But you ended up choosing Motion, yeah. and something specific happened during that weekend or in a game that was particularly memorable oh, for I, him. Oh, I, I had a dunk, I
1: think. Yeah, I, yeah so I didn't um, end up going to... I forgot what it was. It was years ago. I'm old right now. <laughs> but I forgot what it was. I didn't end up going to the school thing, and I went to the to the motion um, tournament, and I think I had my first, like, back-to-back dunk. I had, like, a lot of points. It's like, all right, this is where we're building on. Just by just making that choice, just by trusting coaches. it's like, all right, I'm going to put all my baskets right here. I think that's what uh, – that's, like, my, like – my, my my point right there, defining point right there, just like skipping that place and then just go to practice uh, game.
0: Can you tell me just the, in general the emotions that come through you during like a really big dunk? Not just when you dunk it, but maybe when you notice you're about to catch a body, someone's coming a little bit late, uh, you know you're going to finish through. What's that emotional arc like of a huge dunk?
1: It, it, it's unexplainable. You can't really explain. It's just like for like a second, like everything just freezes and like you just like know it's like over. Like once I take my first two steps, like it's just, it's over. It's like, it's just a, there's no emotion. It's just, it's just a blank. It's just a blur to be honest, you dunk in and you land and it's like, Oh, I just did that. So yeah. So
0: you have a, you know, a successful time, obviously with motion and you head off to college, mm-hmm. you would go to community college, Harkham yeah. first, then off to Manhattan, then off to Lakeland. And there was this video I, wa- I watched of yours while you were at Lakeland and this is what you said. You said, I really am a bucket getter. Everybody thinks I'm just a rebounder or a dunker. I'm like, no, I will size you up. I'm that guy.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Is this it's there's a lot of bravado in that comment. I mean there's it's you know, you're conf you're a confident mm-hmm. person. Have you ever had that confidence shaken? Has it always been like I'm that guy?
1: Uh yeah, it's always been I'm that guy, but it's just like I never had the right opportunity. Like, for example, like in high school. I went to three different high schools. I went to Father Henry Carr, and I wasn't really like in the system properly. I was just rebounding, you know, so that's what I was kind of known for, rebounding little putbacks, which I was okay with, doing the little stuff is is great. And then grade 10 and grade 11 is where I elevated my game, went to a school, Martin Girl Collegiate, down the street, and elevated my game to like more of a score and defend, you know, everything. Then my last year of high school, I went to Wasatch Academy in Utah, and like I had to settle down a little bit, not do what I do in high school, still be a rebounder and, like, a defensive player. Then it took me to junior college where I had an offensive opportunity but not the one I wanted, and to Manhattan where I had to go back a couple steps, just be a defender. And then when I went to Lakehead, it was, like, a lot of um just just talks like, oh, he hasn't really, like, done it before, like, scoring a basket, this and that. So, you know, I had to let, I had to let people know that I'm, I'm still – I'm still him. I'm still that guy that could do it.
0: <laughs> 19.6 points at Lakehead, yeah. and that video also featured. I think his name is Dylan Morrison. Dylan
1: Morrison. That's my guy right there.
0: It, you guys seem to have a really nice relationship, just on yeah. camera. Yeah. What did he bring for you in that
1: in that Lakehead season? Um, uh, more uh, off the court, especially on the court, he's he's amazing. He won DPOY, blocking shots, helping me with my man all blown by me. Um, but it's more like off the court, like he's like family, like I uh, uh, remember meeting him in grade 10, AU, we played AU for two years together, two to three years, um, he played same community center for me for a little bit, then we went to junior college off together for two years, so that's like what, five years already now, then now we're at Lakehead for another two years, so like seven years just playing basketball, but knew him for a long time, so it's just like being out in the Lakehead, like middle of nowhere, you need someone like that can re- you can relate to, so... Offside of basketball, he's like family.
0: And you're also playing during the pandemic season, I think, with Lakehead as yeah. well. Uh-huh. So that's got to be... <laughs> <quality lines. laughs> um, so, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, so, listen, you, you go to different community colleges, mm. and you, you're, you're telling me right now, there's there are different roles that you weren't satisfied with, yeah. right? And um, Alex Caruso was on JJ Reddick's podcast, and he spent time in the G League. He was on the edges of sort of crashing out of the NBA and trying to fight to get in there. And what he said is, when scouts come to a G League game, players think that they're interviewing to be the CEO.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they're, what they're actually doing is interviewing to be the janitor. And what he means by that is, got to play a role. Yeah, You're not going to be called up to the next level to be the sort of primary guy. Now, Caruso has really elevated himself to a pretty key cog in Chicago. But he's not like a star player. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been any reflection with you about sort of role acceptance and, I mean, it's obviously hard to eat something like that. JJ Redick also says that 80% of guys in the NBA aren't happy with their role, but Mm. they got to just sort of take it. it, Has there any been sort of reflection about, I really got to just eat the role that I'm in and just thrive and star in that role?
1: Uh, I feel like that's like my whole career up to Lakehead. I just had to just be a system player and just get what I got to get done. And I have no problem with that. As long as we're winning and as long as uh, everyone's happy, I- I'm happy. And even coming to Hamilton, honey badges, badgers. Yeah, my role is to, you know, get up, press up, play some defense, shoot some threes, and I'm happy that we're winning. We're first in right now. So anything to do to win, I- I'm okay with it. And your role is increasing. The first two games you're on the bench, mm-hmm. and you've
0: started every game but one since. And I just want to know, you know, I've been to, th- I think, three practices – and it, everyone seems to be having the time of their life in practice. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's trash talking to mm-hmm. each other. It's super competitive. Am I seeing things from a surface level? Or is, is this team really, like, are you having such a good time with
1: this team? Yeah, that, that that's what we do. You know, uh, everyone here is family. Uh, we make a lot of jokes on and off the court. But we can switch it on and off. You know, when it's serious time, it's serious time. and When it's joking time, it's joking time. But the main thing is, like, just coming here, having a smile on your face. It, it's all contagious. Everyone in the room is smiling. And... Doesn't matter what net you had before. It's just coming over here and just knowing it's a positive vibe is is, is going to lead us to more success. And you said
0: you're allowed to joke around with each other. Yeah. How much crap did you give Caleb for that layup
1: against Newfoundland? I, I, I told Caleb he can't talk to me, but it, it's a <laughs> it's a brotherly thing. You know, I I missed some shots too, so we're kind of even. But I looked at him and said, no, you can't you can't talk to me for the day for that one.
0: Yeah, he did. This, uh, for the listeners, he had a breakaway layup. That he just only hit the backboard on and terrible, it <laughs> fell down. Um, but this is your first year as a pro. This is your first team as a yeah. pro, and I was wondering if you had a welcome to the pros moment so far.
1: Um, welcome to the no, not yet, not yet. I haven't done anything too crazy yet, and not and we had, no one has ever like done something crazy to to tell me or the team. So yeah, not yet. But I know it's coming. I don't know if my time is coming, but. I'm just enjoying all the moment right now.
0: And I'm just wondering, Coach Schmidt, I've uh, covered the team for this. my second season covering the team, and I covered the Raptors 905 for his four seasons with mm-hmm. them. And the word that kept on coming up with different players is genuine mm. with Coach Schmidt. Does that, how does that ring to you when you hear that word for Coach Schmidt?
1: Uh, genuine, like, yeah, he's like a good guy. He really looks out for everyone, he gives everyone an opportunity to, to shine, you know while teaching everyone, like, the game and just um teaching everyone, like, how to play, you know. And I think the most important is, like, the trust. Like, he has trust in everyone. Like, every practice, he's always saying we got a lot of guys that can can do a lot of stuff. And just if you buy into what he's telling you, we are, we're going to be successful. So that right there is just genuine to me.
0: And there's one thing he does more than any coach I've ever seen is he daps up his players whenever they exit the game, whenever... They enter the game as well. Yeah. Does that gesture actually mean something?
1: Yeah, it is like the small things. Like you're not really thinking about it like at the moment. You're just thinking, okay, it's a little thing, but you know, like just that's like a small thing. Like as I said, like it's contagious. So he's doing it. Now the assistant coach is doing it. Now the the the, um, the managers are doing it. Now we're doing it. It's just a little thing like that. He starts it, we we follow, so that's great. Is there a vet on the team that's kind of taking you under their wing? Um I say Caleb. I say Caleb, but to be honest, everyone is uh, Aaron. Aaron Bess is uh, Caleb. Everyone's really just uh, teaching me a, a little, little by little. So when I go to Lakehead my next year, I just have a great season, you know.
0: Has Aaron taught you anything? Because I've covered him as well, and tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. He only goes left. Yeah. He only get and he gets to his left hand, every single time. Does, how can you stop him from going left or is it just I, I impossible can, no, to guy i guard? can stop
1: him I, He knows i can stop him but we're not that's another another podcast but <laughs> he, he knows i can stop him but yeah he just that i mean that right there just him going left he taught me that like you got to get where you want to go like don't you got to be the decision maker you know don't be frantic don't be scared out here just do what you do and him just always knowing where to go left or right he, he does it on the on off the court
0: and your team is 6 and 1 right now yep does it annoy you that you're not seven and zero? Um given that Caleb had a free throw to win and he, he won another game on a free throw and he to, loves he loves going
1: ahead and To be honest, no, not really, because six and one is, is still great. We're first in the league right now, and um I think we need that loss to to humble ourselves to you know, a little bit of adversity, not a big adversity, but we need that loss to okay, yo, we can really be dangerous if we just lock in. Yeah, we missed a free throw, but we played him again and look what happened, you know. So yeah, that loss. But L- loses is always good sometimes because you look back on it and you just like, all right, look what you did wrong, but let's correct it for next game. And we've been doing that, so.
0: And while we're here, just to pick your brain about the – I assume you're watching the NBA Finals. Yeah. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. It, t- to me, it feels like Boston's the better team, and yet Golden State fully deserves to have a 3-2 lead. What's your take on, on that and on the series?
1: Um, I feel like, yeah, Boston is the better team where if you look for player for player, you know, you can argue about you know, who's the top five best players right now in the, the series. But I'll say Golden State and the franchise just been there. They, they they know what's what's ahead, you know, like they were down, what, 2-1. And, like, okay, they're not scared. Steph is not scared. I think just having that, that vet status, it, it pushes you a long way. You could be great, but just having experience is going to be good. Like Draymond, Clay, all those guys are just all right. They know not to be rallied up and all that.
0: Is there any Draymond in you, do you feel, like that emotional edge that he plays with, like teetering? I mean, I, n- I never see you teetering on the line, really, but
1: is uh, there, a- is there a any sort of inspiration bit, yeah. you get from him? A little bit, yeah. I'll say him and Patrick Beverly, but oh, I- no. I- I- I'm better at both of them. So we'll, <laughs> that's another podcast. That's another podcast. Dude, I'll, I'll talk about Pat Bev. And
0: five years ago, this is my just my opinion, five years ago, the guy could contribute and talk Smack. He can still do it, man. He, he still does it. He <laughs> still does it. He did it in the playoffs. He's still him. He's still that guy. Yeah, no, there's lots of uh, different types of players that I'm sure you that I'm sure you draw from. And uh, listen, Michael, I really appreciate the time you took Thank today. You. Thank you very much. Thank you and very much. Uh, good luck for the Thank rest you. of the season.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs>